two little cubes here. We need to find this one. Good morning. morning. Welcome to our Sunday service. Glad to see everyone out this morning. Sort of turned a little bit chilly again, and uh, sort of one of these days is going to decide to stay summer for a while. So we're still looking forward to that. So uh, the only thing I guess that you in your bulletin that uh, I want to call your attention to uh, the. General conference. I've been watching some of it on the streaming, and they still haven't come to vote yet on the uh, proposal to uh, change the book of discipline that would have effect on the uh, exception or rejection of the homosexuals and the activity that they can do or would be allowed to do within the uh, Methodist framework. So 
I'll keep watching and see what uh, comes of that. Uh, I guess the, we're not sure on the singers for next Sunday. No, the no. prices grow, can't be, not going to be here, but uh, you're talking to Eddie and Ricky. Yeah. Okay. David, come on anyway. We'll have singing from somebody. I, I won't sing. I'll forewarn you there. I mean, don't stay away for that reason. Uh, but anyway, seriously, uh, we will next Sunday night have someone here to sing, so count on that. Uh, as we get ready to go uh, into our service, as we get ready to go to the Lord, who do we need to remember? Of course, uh, we got uh, Joyce has her surgery uh, this uh, <coughs> Friday, the, the 20th. And Linda, I'll ask you, has Tom backed out yet? No. Okay. Tom, she said there Wednesday night that if he didn't back out. So, <laughs> so we want to remember Tom, and that's uh, June the uh, 7th when the, he goes for his uh, procedure. So remember Joyce and Tom. And, do you have someone I go back to the kidney doctor Wednesday. My blood pressure come back and the leg is still swelled up really So you go back Wednesday for find out updately? Okay, so others we need to is Harrison. Yeah, he's coming in the weather. So remember Harrison? Others? Yes, I put down there. I, I had her in our list for prior concerns, and when they uh, found her, I took it out and added there that we need to continue to remember her and her family in the days ahead. I don't know what kind of trauma that she might have been involved. Uh, I know Gail and I was talking that uh, unless he abused her in some way, Maybe she just thought they were out camping, you know, didn't know that she was in any kind of danger or anything like that. So if we know the details, uh, don't really know what, what all she went through other than the fact that she was separated from her family. And it had to be traumatic, but uh, we need to uh, continue to remember her and the family uh, in the days ahead. And just also be appreciative of all the people who gave their time and effort out searching uh, for, uh, you know, to bring this to a conclusion that was what we were looking for. So remember uh, this family. Uh, good to have Rod. Did, did my message come to you this time okay? Yeah. Okay. I bought a new computer. And I'm still learning the tricks. It, this one's a little bit different from the old one I had. The old one was on Windows 7. This one's got Windows 10. A little bit different from what I was used to. So I, apparently I didn't punch something there. To, I, I, I got my email through, but I didn't get the uh, document. So I'll take notice next time on that. So reason, last week, I just... I just got the new computer and I just dropped them off as I was on my way over to the sale. I didn't try to 
getting through to you last week, so that's why I didn't realize I was, I was doing something wrong. So maybe we'll get that worked out. Okay. Anyone else would need to uh, lift up in our prayers this morning? I mentioned Gail's supposed to be with me today, and uh, she's not with me. Uh, my sister, I took her to the doctor Tuesday. She fell, was dizzy-headed, fell, bruised her arm, and was sick. I took her to the doctor, and she got some medicine. Went back to work Friday. Called this morning, said she's still dizzy, couldn't hardly walk. So Gail has taken her to the doctor this morning. That's where she's at. So remember my sister and whatever they find out her problem may be. Uh, so add her to our prior list. Others? Michelle, did you say June 13th? Okay, remember Michelle, she goes to the, uh, for this surgery on the 13th. Others? Right, I always remember the ones who are absent. Tammy's working today, so this was her weekend work. Right, yeah, so. Always, uh, I know work takes people away, and of course, uh, this time of year, I guess people are starting vacations and things. Uh, Mark, when's the lucky day? When's the lucky day? Your last day of school, when the, the graduation, what, the 28th? Okay, so uh, remember... Uh, Mara and uh, keep her in her prayers as she goes some uh, this stage into her collegiate activities and wish her well in this change. So, and all the other graduates too that uh, will be graduating on this night. There's a concert tomorrow night at Cherokee at six o'clock. And I don't know how many schools are involved in it. Is Rogersville City and Middle involved in it? Does anybody know? I know uh, Thomas down at Pleasant Hill from Bulls Gap. He's in it. And I thought he said there was three or four schools. I don't know who I was involved. But anyway, there's some kind of a concert tomorrow night at Cherokee at 6 o'clock. Uh, he was inviting everybody to come to, so... Let's wish all these musicians uh, our best wishes. Are there others? Any unspoken? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, as we again assemble in your presence and as we come to worship you and your son for many, many blessings, we just thank you for being there for us whenever we call upon your name. Because we know, Father, you're there for us and with us. No matter what our needs may be and how great or how small, we know there's nothing impossible through you. So we're just thankful that we have you to come to and knowing that you hear and you answer. Answer according to your will and not ours. And on your time schedule. So Father, just give us the patience to 
give you time to bring the answer, to bring the healing, to bring the answers to us that we seek. Father, we pray for this church, this congregation. Help us continue to reach out into this community and to be your voice, bringing into new relations those who, for whatever reason, have shunned you in the past and today are home forever, away from God's house that we might be the influence that would change and bring them into a new understanding of just what you do for them, what you offer to them, and we might be able to get them involved in church somewhere. So, Father, however you can use us and wherever you can use us, we just pray today that you will put us where we need to be and that we will do the very best we can. Be with this church as we move forward and the different activities that we have planned. Be with our children as they graduate from high school, from middle school into high school. Whatever step up they're taking, Father, we just praise them for the the achievements that they have made so far. Give us the wisdom, the foresight to move forward and make the decisions concerning our fellowship, Paul, that will bring this to a reality and will enable us as a church and as a servant of your kingdom that we can build bigger and better in this community, your kingdom for those that we serve. Father, go with us through this service. Be with us this Wednesday night as we gather for our Bible study. Next Sunday as we gather for our worship service and then our song service that night. Continue to bless us, Father, and all the things that we do in your precious holy name as we serve you each day. Give us the strength, the wisdom, the determination to press forward to be your witness. These things we ask today, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> If our ushers will come forward at this time, we will receive our tithes and offerings. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we again receive this offering today in your Son's name, we're thankful that we're able to, in this small way, <coughs> Be able to help someone in need save. Because, Father, when we are in need, when we come to you, you have done so much for us. Now may we, in turn, help someone today that is less fortunate and in need of a helping hand. 
So, Father, we receive this offering in your Son's name. So that whoever may receive the blessings and help through this offering will know that your Son loves and cares for each one of them. So does this church and this congregation. So, Father, as we give this offering today, we do so by giving thanks and our praise to you for everything you have done for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've titled my sermon for today, Troubled Times. And I guess if there's any doubt that we are living in troubled times and things are not going just the way we would like to see them go, all we have to do is pick up the newspaper or turn on the TV or radio and watch the news and we can easily see that we are in times that are not, I guess, where we would like for them to be, and certainly not where they need to be. There are trouble, troubles all around us, not only in our area, or our country, but all around the world. So we definitely are living in troubled times. And I chose... Uh, 24th chapter of Matthew, verses 36 through 39, uh, to read to you and to sort of get on to the idea of what I'm trying to get across. This is uh, passages that most of the time uh, we refer to, and we're talking about the end times, but uh, also, it brings to mind that we are living in times today that are not conducive to what we would like for it to be as far as uh, what we were founded on and uh, the life that we have been living. So, uh, chapter 24, Matthew, verse 36 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. 
but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The Word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now, as I said, I don't think anyone can doubt or say that we're not living in difficult times today. And as the scripture talked about, Noah building the ark, he was instructed or told by God that imminent doom is coming. If the people don't change their ways, if they don't turn from their evil ways and come back to God, then I'm going to destroy. I'm going to do away with everything that exists. And of course we know the version, we know that Noah worked on the ark after all of the effort, only eight people that being Noah's family, responded to the uh, call, responded to the uh, notice that trouble was on the way. Yes, the animals, they had enough sense to get on the ark, and they were spared. Also, we ask today, as God looks down upon us and sees what's going on, when or how long is he going to go before he says enough is enough? And just as he sent notice or warned the people through Noah that they were facing destruction, yet they paid no attention. And today, we see all the signs. We see prophecies fulfilling every day. Things that God predicted would happen. Things that are supposed to happen. Things that are happening right where they're supposed to happen. And so the only conclusion we can come to, even though it says no one knows the hour or no one knows the day, the only thing that I can say or that you can say for sure and be sure of is each passing day, we're one day closer to the end. So we can make that statement and be sure that we're true and truthful in making that statement. But to predict, as people have done through the past, as to the day and the year, uh, it's folly for anyone to tell you that they can tell you. So pay no attention to them. But today, I want to go a different route. I, I, I want to turn a different route and, I guess, touch on a couple of controversial issues that we're facing today. Things that 
probably even a year ago, you wouldn't have even imagined. We would even be talking. We would even be hearing about these issues. But yet they just crop up from nowhere. And we're struggling. We're facing issues that are doing nothing but tearing the very core of this nation apart. We're tearing people against people. Groups against groups. We're fighting the church and what they teach, what they believe. And it's getting worse and worse. And so what am I talking about? What's the two controversial issues I'm talking about? You know what they are. You know what's on TV and the news. Black Lives Matter and the LBGT movement. It's inconceivable to think that today we would even be talking about such matters with all the problems that's going on in this world, all of the situations that we need to be concentrating on. We're spending our time arguing and discussing and figuring out something like Black Lives Matter and the role that homosexuals have in our society or even in our church. So what about, let's take the Black Lives Matter. I know you've seen them on TV. You've heard their argument. You've heard what they're asking for, what they're fighting, I don't say fighting for, but what they're pushing for. It's just like they're saying, we owe them something. You owe me. Give me, give me, give me. What can you give me? We don't. Let me stop right here and say, this is my opinion, and I've told you before, when I tell you it's my opinion, you can take it, accept it, or forget it. But if I tell you it's the Word of God, then you better sit up and take heed, because that takes precedent. But anyway, when I tell you that when I see these people on TV saying that you owe me my my report to that is we don't owe you anything all all we owe you is the opportunity that each one of us have to go out here and to work and to earn whatever level of success you want no one is holding you back. If you have the willpower and the desire to go out and work hard and to achieve and to move up the ladder of success, more power to you. Nobody's holding you back. But if you're among the crowd that wants to sit back and have everything handed to you on a silver platter... 
then that's your fault. I don't owe you any. I, I owe you the opportunity, like I say, that each one of us have, and that is to go out and try to work and to earn what you want and be as successful as you want to be without having to be handed everything to you. What's the trouble or what's the downfall of sitting back and having people hand you everything you want? You're under their control. They, you're, you're just like a puppet on a string to them. They control you. They, they move, Every move you make, they tell you what to do and what not to do because they, they own you. And if you don't do what they say, they're going to cut your little goodies off. They're not going to give you that silver platter with all the goodies you're wanting. So go out on your own and work and earn your way. Don't sit back and wait for someone to come carrying a sack full of goodies to give you and to make you dependent upon them. And I would say this also. I assume what they're basing their opinion on is going back to the year of slavery when the, the slaves are owned. And I, I'd be the first one to tell you, I, I, I would disavow slave owners and uh, use the people in that respect to the highest. But what happened 100 or 150 years ago has no effect today. It's over with. Forget it. What's happened is past history. Move on. Move on. We can't. We can't correct the injustices of a hundred years ago, or such. So don't use that as an excuse. I guess if you want to look at it in one way, we all have been mistreated in some way to some degrees. But does that entitle us to special favors? I don't think so. You may differ with me. But that, again, that's, again, my opinion. We, we can't correct things that happened 100 or 150 years ago by dishing out all the goodies that they are looking for and are wanting. So when it comes to Black Lives Matter, here's my opinion. What's, what's wrong with all lives matter? If we say all lives matter, guess what? That would include the African American. That would include the Caucasians. That would include the red men. That would include the uh, ones from the Far East, if you want to refer to them as being maybe yellow skin. If, if all lives matter, then we're all under the same tent. We're all equal. No one is deserving of any special favors just because they have a different skin color. So... Let's put aside this Black Lives Matter and 
look at what what we could accomplish if we would encompass the idea of all lives matter and go from there. Then the second one probably could talk all day on this subject. The movement called the LGBT movement. And again, as I said, I find it unbelievable that with all of the problems that's out there in this world today, we're discussing, we're arguing among ourselves what what bathroom do you use? Just because a few weirdos out there don't have enough sense to know whether they're male or female and don't know which bathroom to use, we have to spend all this time discussing and arguing and uh, putting other things aside for such trivial and travesty as this. Even to the fact today, this past week and I guess tomorrow through Friday, we've got the hierarchy of the Methodist Church from world from around the world meeting in Portland, Oregon. One of the issues, one of the controversial issues that they're facing is what or are they going to rewrite or reword the book of discipline that says that the homosexuals can come into the church, can stand here in the pulpit and preach the word of God, that says that the Methodist pastors can perform a marriage between two men or two women. And that's what they're that's what they're debating about. That's the argument that's going today. That that's the controversy that's surrounding this meeting. And no one knows how it's gonna go. It it's up in the air. And it's it's scary to think that we have drifted this far away from common sense, from things that God would have us to do, the way he would have us to do things. And we would put our mind and energy and effort on matters such as this. You know, uh, me and some of my pastor buddies have been talking. What role or should the discipline be changed before that one day you could have a person in the pulpit that was homosexual? Our conclusion, or what we come to, is that the homosexual, yes, they need to be in church. They definitely need to be in church. They don't need in any way 
have any business standing in the pulpit preaching the word of God to the congregations. Definitely, they don't have any need to be working with the youth and the children of the church. So what place does that lead them in the church? Would we say they need to be in church? They need to be here at the altar on their knees asking God to help them and to clear their mind and to straighten their minds out. That's where they need to be. That, that's the position they need to be in the church. On their knees at the altar, seeking God's help to help them overcome and to straighten out whatever may be in their mind. And you know, their argument, their argument is, well, we were born this way. I don't buy that argument. And I'll tell you why. I think the word of God, as we go to chapter Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the the air. Then verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I read that. And I don't think God created any homosexuals. I think it's a lifestyle they developed on their own. And the reason I say I don't buy their argument is if you believe what God says, that we are created in his image, that he created male and female in the image of God, then are they saying that God was homosexual? I don't think so. I don't think God created any homosexual. So I don't buy their argument that they can't help being where they are or how they think. And then, just this week, what happens? We have a decree comes out that all the schools in this nation of ours has to come in compliance not with the law but with a notification that they are to provide bathrooms that are transgender. I heard one report where I believe it said three-tenths of one percent of the population would be classified or placed in the transgender category. And they use the hypothetical situation of a school with 
500 kids with that basis, three-tenths of one percent, there would be two kids or two students that would be classified as transgender, meaning the other 498 are having to pay the price, are having to be penalized and punished because of those two people. And the question I would ask, the question I would have would be, Lauren, you teach uh, young children, don't you? Rosanna teaches these young kids. My question would be this. If you go to any school here in this county and you ask any six or seven-year-old kid, what does transgender mean? Do they even know what you're talking about? I don't think so. I may be wrong. But I think we're tackling a problem that needs to be handled in a different situation. I don't think it's up to the government to try to tell us how or what we should do. So, with that in mind, with these two problems or two situations, two controversies that we're facing, then we come to the question is, well, what is the answer? How do we, how do we resolve? How do we get back to common everyday sense? Well, we know what the answer is. It's found right here. And I'm to paraphrase, I won't, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but 2 Chronicles 7.14 basically tells us when he says, if my people, if they will humble themselves, get on their knees and seek my face, I will forgive you, I will forgive them of their sin, and I will heal your land. So God is the answer. He has the answer to all of our problems. And we, we can go back to uh, proof, if that's what we're looking for, as we talked about a while ago when he was going to destroy the earth by the flood, he warns the people to get ready, doom imminent coming your way if you don't change your way. So he took care of his people then. Those who would listen. Think about Solomon and Gomorrah when the, he was ready to destroy that city or those cities because of all of their sinful actions and activities. Again, he sent a warning. He, he prepared them for what was coming. What kind of warnings has he given us today? How are we being warned? And it just seems like that with each passing day that we are wandering far away, far off of that. We talk about the beaten path that we're supposed to travel. And we find out that we're wandering far off of that path. And each day we're 
sinking deeper and deeper into the abyss of sin that is up there for us. So, no matter what our problems may be, no matter what we want to do, find out what God wants us to do. Come to Him. Ask Him to lead and guide us in whatever, whatever our decisions may be. He has the answer to everything. There's, it doesn't matter what our needs may be. It doesn't matter how great or how small. God has the answer for us. If, and that's a big if, it seems like today, if we will only turn to him, seek his way, ask him to lead and guide us in whatever way, he would have us to go. And I think we know the answer is that he would say, turn from your evil ways that you're practicing now. Come to me. Receive my son. Accept my ways. And do things according to my commandments. Not the not the ways and the wiles of the secular world, but try me. Take my way. Let me, let me show you the answers. Let me show you the way to resolve whatever your needs may be. And so today as we sing our invitational hymn, it's always an invitation for anyone who has a need to come to the altar for whatever needs you may have. God is here ready and willing and waiting for you to come to him. He's ever present. It's your decision. If you have a need today to talk with God one on one, this is it. 375. 375. Earth like Father, we thank you today for your son. We thank you for his ever presence, wherever we may be, whatever our needs may be. We know he is there present, ready and willing to help us, to strengthen us, to reassure us. So, Father, we just thank you today for your Son, Jesus Christ, and what he means to each one of us. 
And as we lift up our needs to him today, our health problems with all of our friends and loved ones, the decisions that they're facing, they need his wisdom, his helping to come to a solution. Those who may be suffering the loss of a loved one need his comforting and consoling that only he can give. Father, we pray for those who especially aren't with us today for whatever their reason may be. We know those who work. We know that there are those who this time of year will be traveling and on vacation. But Father, we're concerned mainly with the ones who are here and not here because the indifference they have for your son. May we, in whatever way possible, do all we can to change their minds and their attitudes. Now go with us, Father, as we leave and go our respective ways. Bring us back this Wednesday night for our Bible study. Bring us back next Sunday for our Sunday school worship, singing that night. But above all, Father, we just place this day and this coming week into your hands and just lead and guide us the way you would have us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>